0: children or of course, y'all know what to do. I'm going to ramble a little bit today. I hope you can stay with me. You know, that probably is nothing new, but I'm not going to do line upon line and stuff today. We're going to, we'll, we'll always do that and we'll teach. Uh, we have a, most of that already as we call it in the archives or in the can. I want to talk to us about what I believe the word of the Lord is to us and that is, it's a time to reset. Kind of use that that terminology, because I've heard it, you know, on television and in our country, we're resetting, and and we're having to reset things and uh, whatever that means. I don't even know, you know, what, what they're talking about most of the time. I know they're lying, but besides that, you know, we know we know we're resetting. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna begin to move to the next place that God's called us, and I'm gonna talk about that a little bit to you. I'm going to talk about the family of God a little bit this morning and a few other topics. And I got to tell you, I think that everybody that I meet, probably the number one most important thing to them is their family. I don't think anybody would disagree with me in that overall. May not be your extended family, but our immediate families are very important. You know, how important is your family to you? I mean, I see people do all kinds of things. I see people spend all kinds of money, make all kinds of sacrifices. Well, guess what? Yahweh thinks his family is very important. We have spent the last 16 years, I have spent the last 16 years, probably not that long directly to you, but as I begin to, by the grace and mercy and goodness of God, learn apostolic truth. And I was into this way beyond, way before I introduced it to you, I thought maybe I should really know what I'm talking about before I try to teach you. Make sure it's exactly what the Bible teaches. And and of course, you've been a benefactor from all of that wonderful teaching all these years. We focus upon all these things and we will always revisit and talk about these things. My wife asked me the other day, she said, are you going to, she said, you still need to preach ding dong, the devil's dead. I said, I will do it. Absolutely. Something happened to me on that, really the whole week. And I'll talk about that just in a second. But, you know, I have taught you these past 16 years what we did not only to teach, but show the distinction and a separation between the true church and the American church. And what the distinction was and how important it was and how we needed to come out and how I was attempting to redeem your time. People who I felt were earnest men and women in their search for biblical, a biblical path to eternal life. What the Bible really said, not just part stuff, not just a little bit, not just a, a, a revelation we get and then create our whole, dyna- whole dynamic and our whole denomination and a belief system that some people will hurt you about when they can't even prove it in the Bible. But they're committed to it familially. And handed down to them. Well, I attempted to do these past 16 years. I say that because 50 years old is when this began in me. I used to say to people all the time, and I've told you this. When I'm 50, I'm going to be a great man of God. And I told you about a conference I went one to. And this, real, this guy, he was like, uh, why don't you just go ahead and be one now? I said, because I'm not yet. And I, Because I knew that even though I had gifts and anointings and talents and, and, and all those things that, that God had given me, and, and, I, and I ministered off of those things somewhat, the fact is I knew that still there was something that hadn't set me free from that law of sin and death. I still wrestled with things in my life, things that I felt like I should have victory over by now. But I found out that the truth is what will set us free, but it will also expose us. And, and really, I didn't like the truth of what I really found out about me, even though everybody else was telling me how wonderful I was at the time. I was a seer and a prophet, and they'd have me in their church and want me to prophesy and, and be part of their conferences and all that, until I told them what I was seeing, and they heard what I was saying. So I wanted to unveil the apostolic testimony. To restore true biblical doctrine, to restore the true faith that was once delivered to the saints by the prophets and the apostles and Yahshua himself before the great falling away that was prophesied in Thessalonians, that people think are still going to take place, but it already happened. I've spent 16 years showing you the difference between the true church and the harlot church. I've spent 16 years. Distinguishing us and telling you that we must not care what they do and we must not care what they think, even though it seems like we're we're overpowered or outnumbered. I told you that God's going to do what He's going to do if He has to do it Gideon style, cut you down to three hundred. Taught you that they love Mammon and materialism, but we love Yahweh and our neighbor as ourselves. Told you that they are takers, but we are givers. They curse us, but we bless them. They have sinned against us, yet we forgive and forget. They all do it. Everybody does it. We don't. They don't know God's name. We do. They steal. We give tithes and offerings. They watch T V. We study the scriptures. They neglect church. We know how important it is. They won't get their well done. We will. I've tried to make that distinction and I've I have begged and pleaded and, and seen people continuously. Live a backslidden, lukewarm life, and and it just uh, the pressure of it just grieved me beyond what I could even tell you today. A couple of weeks ago, we were here on a Wednesday night. I was laying down principles and line upon line, and precept upon precept, and teaching, proving, 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 proving that what the Word of God says. Because see, the American Christendom don't they don't have to prove nothing. They believe it because they believe it, and everybody else believes it, so it must be true. I had to prove every single thing that I said. I'm proving and proving and proving, and I'm on this thing about justification. My God, it's one of the simplest things, but yet it brings such confusion that you're not that we're just saved by grace. We don't have to do nothing. And it's something that, we, that has been put upon us, and it was deep in the core of us. So I was bringing that out, and I was preaching that and teaching that line upon line. And I knew that even if people didn't understand it at the moment, the power of the Word would put a seed in them too. And hopefully that seed would get watered as they continued to come and to learn and to grow. And, and then it would overpower that lie that we've been taught. We sit here on a Wednesday night, and people ask me a question about something. And Daniel Rivera and Bethany Rivera and my daughter uh, Vero were sitting right over here. And they said something. And when they said something, something happened. I realized that we were at the end of this glory that we had been in 16 years. Okay. Well, all right. We're going we're gonna to phase this down. I've taught upon this and taught them this. I, I guarantee you, I challenge anybody. I don't say this in pride or anything. It's just the fact that nobody addresses this stuff anymore because there is answers to questions nobody give, could care less about. Because they don't care about their faith. They don't care about growing. They don't believe, they think they're going to heaven, you know, just because God loves them so much and it's over with. So they're being robbed of the opportunity to qualify the way the Bible says. So they, said, they basically said, we, we don't, we. We already believe what you're saying. And I know that we we're at a time generationally there's a, because there's a new core of alpha men here. And there's a core of those guys here. A core. There's one of them, core re. This generation of men who, guess what? I don't have to break them down and teach them and uproot and pull down and destroy and build and plant. That's already happened. So I get up on Sunday morning, that Sunday morning, right in the middle of the message, I'm going to tell you, Yahweh shut the door and slammed it in my face. He said, that's it. It's over. That's all, son. The job was over. And i got to tell you, I felt it that day. I felt it. And when you no longer have that word and that spirit and that presence, almost like Yahweh left me that morning. It's like, bam, a shift took place. All right, what do I do? What do, I, what do I, where do I go? I was talking to somebody this morning about, okay, here's a new venture in my life. Now, does it look different? What's going to happen? It is—it is, it is an emotional, psychological shift that, that you have to make. I got to tell you, it rattled me. I felt it. It literally shook me. When I was done that day. I'm like, dude. Man, we. Uh, blah, 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 blah. People may not understand this, but this is just mine and Yahweh's relationship. All right, you're out of gas here. We i am not going to provide any more fuel for this, son. You did a good job. You did it. You did it. Okay, good, 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 good. Now what? So, of course, it didn't take long. He don't leave me hanging, and I just don't have it in me just to uh, go on a sabbatical or a vacation or or take time off. Or I don't have that in me because that word that's in me. I don't have I don't have time to sit there and say, "Okay, we'll just find out." We'll, it, no, I I, I got to know. Y'all know that's about me. Yahweh had already been speaking to me about resetting. He said, "Do your job. Do your job. Set my house in order. That's okay." Sounds familiar. Reset my elders. Reset my deacons. And I'm not talking about we're, we're not going to American church government. So then he began to rebuke me. I don't mind if I get personal, do you? I figure if I tell you how God deals with me, it'll help you with your relationship with God. Sometimes out of zeal and good intentions and maybe some pride or whatever it may be, we have a tendency to think we're God. Maybe you don't. Oh, yes, you do. And choices that we make to handle situations that we think we know better than God. So I know I'm in the right place because there are humans here. Elisha to Elijah. I messed it up, man. I haven't been living Elisha to Elijah. See, Yahshua said, follow, follow me, follow. Come unto me, he said. See, the fact is, I've always been a righteous man. I have the fear of the Lord because I hate sin in any way, shape, or form in my life. I cannot live with myself disappointing God, even with my thoughts. A thought to me is as bad as a real sin. It just don't involve other people. But to me and to God, I know it's just as wrong. So it's it's that thing that we do in our minds And so I've always been this righteous guy, but I gotta tell you something else about me. And again, forgive me for talking about me, but this is the best example I can give you. I am a man of war, y'all. I am a man of war in every area of my life. You talking about competitive? I used to be so competitive about everything. We talked about, you know, me cheating on Dick Brinkley and even in checkers. I can't play board games because I know I'm gonna cheat. Because I'm this man of war, and I've always been. I've always been a fighter, and I'm always seeming having to fight. I've always had to prove myself over and over and over, it seems. Thought about it as a kid. I don't know, my daddy had a job, had money, but I don't know why we kept moving. Went to Rosemont in kindergarten through, I, where was I born, Charlotte? What road was that on? Meredith Drive. Did I live on Drew Avenue? Meredith Drive, Drew Avenue, that's before kindergarten. I went to Rosemont first, uh, kindergarten through second. Moved and went to East Highland, third and and fourth. Went back to Rosemont fifth, back to East Highland sixth. Columbus Junior High seventh and part of the eighth. I mean, it just goes on and on. When you're a kid, when you move and you come to a new place, guess what you got to do? You got to prove yourself. So here I am. I wasn't a big guy. When it comes time for basketball or football or baseball or something, when you're the new guy, you don't get picked first. That bothered me. So I had to prove myself. I had to prove who I was. Every time we moved and it developed this thing in me, then I'll prove to you. When I first started singing contemporary Christian music, they called it then, I got to tell you, I had long hair. I had stacked sandals. I had a beard. I had, I had a drummer. And this was when drums were of the devil in church. People rejected. I had to prove to them and show them in music. And, of course, you know now, I mean, it's everything. I'm not saying I'm a pioneer of it. I'm just saying I was, I suffered, if you want to call it that. I had to prove myself. I remember tongues. I had to prove that. I started teaching fatherhood principle. My God, I had to prove that. Amen in the church, to prove that. Five-fold ministry proved that. Found out it was only four. Had to prove that. Had to preach about the apostle, teach people about the apostolic. And then I had to come back and and prove that they were doing it from a wrong mindset. I talked about Ecclesia, Now the true gospel. Now, I'm I'm a righteous man. I got one down, that one down. But I want to tell you here today that Yahweh has promised me That I will finish my race and I won't just be a man of war or a righteous man. I'm going to be a man with peace and joy. Which is a true kingdom man because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. Now I'm talking about keeping peace with the world. I want to tell you, I will continue with a sword to guard the ecclesia from the influences of the world. I will continue that. Yahweh kind of said this to me. I say kind of said because... He told me to stop proving and start improving. do not you to stop proving? Got nothing left to prove. So my missionary journey to the Laodiceans is over. Thank you very much. I'm retiring from being a missionary to the Laodiceans. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That I that I have had a responsibility to God. And it may be as simple. It don't matter if nobody ever heard me or changed anybody. This was the burden that he put upon me to preach the gospel to the American church. Those that think they have need of nothing. You know what I'm talking about. And Yahweh has given me permission to dust my feet off. Now, I'm going to again be attempting retirement. I gotta, uh, years ago, I thought about I'm going to retire. And this is what I said from doing from doing the Holy Spirit's job in people's lives. And somebody heard it, and they didn't listen to the whole message. All they heard is I was going to retire. And they say, congratulations on your retirement. I say, well, I'm glad you enjoyed my message. But leading a horse to water and then trying to make him drink can really make you tired. Hello? You know what I'm saying? That's, but my nature is not like this. That's not my nature. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm also closing my quitter baby service said quitter babysitter service down too. i'm not gonna babysit the quitters anymore you know i I was doing so good with my addiction you know then i relapsed again don't stop yet let me finish what i'm fixing to say (laughs) because people will say johnny's got an addiction and he relapsed right after he retired (laughs) i I really probably should be further down the road but i had this insane addiction of kicking dead horses (laughs) I will kick the you-know-what out of a dead horse. Get up. Get up. Come on. Giddy up. I'll put, I'll put food at his mouth. I'll put water up there. Put a saddle on. Come on. Let's go, boy. Come on. Come on. Let me tell you who I am, Joel. I'm, this is who I am right here. You know what that is, Joel? I know you do. Charlotte knows what it is. I'm that guy that when somebody's trying to accomplish something and they can't quite get it done, this is what I say. Give me that screwdriver huh give it to me my mother you know we used to have the tv where uh, you know you'd have to fix the antenna with the aluminum foil and you would hit it we literally had pliers to change the channel true or false and we had a remote control it was whoever your mom and daddy said go change the tv my mama be sitting up there hitting that tv she always put her hand on her hip i guess that's me it's even so bad no matter where i go where i I help people. I, I, I show them. No, 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 no. Let me show you. I have to give them a whole teaching on something. I can't just say yes, no. I have to explain the whole thing. I have to just go on and on with people. It was so bad one time I was playing golf with this, this these two guys, and one of them's name's Jay. I hope he's listening to me today. And Jay, Jay is a pout cry baby. He's never hit a good golf shot in his life. He could hit a shot. He, one time he hit like a three iron, 200 yards, stuck it about that far from the pin, and said, "Nah, I kind of stood up on it a little bit." He's that kind of guy. Jay got mad one day, and he was, threw his club back to his cart. He's been known to throw clubs, but he didn't let go of it soon enough, and it w- went up into an oak tree. <laughs> man, I was crying, man, I was crying. So here we are, and these pieces of oak that had fallen out of the tree and all. Here we are, throwing them up there, trying to knock that golf club down, trying to breathe at the same time because we're laughing at him. And so we're trying. So this other guy, he's throwing them up there, throwing them up there, throwing them up there. what I said, give me that log. I threw it up there the first time. It hit that club. That club slid down like this. because It was hung in, the, in the, the, uh, so, the, the club face. I hit it. It flipped around. It slid down like this, but it went to, into the fork of a tree and said, Zook. and it was just, <laughs> yeah. Y'all, you just want to get it later? Not me. We're going to get that thing down. Give me that. Give it to me. And so we're almost fighting over the thing, you know, but that's just, that's, that's me. I'm going to tell you, I'm still going to fight for you and for those that want to serve God, but I'm no longer going to fight with anybody about it. Now you've got to understand most of that's in my head my desire, you probably won't even recognize any difference, but I sure covet your prayers to have peace and joy. See, there's two kind of Christians. Listen to me close. You got the weak Christians and you got the tares Christians. And what I don't like, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we were able to go to dinner with, with Corey and Kimber. And so my wife apologized for me because I like my food cooked a certain way. And I don't want the mushrooms to touch my steak I don't want the onions to touch the mushrooms or the steak. I don't like a blending. I don't know if I'm OCD, XYZ, or elemental P, but I know this: I don't like the tares and the wheat growing together. I don't like it. No, no, no. You're a tear. You're a wheat. You. I'm gonna. I gotta plant you. Oh, we're gonna transplant you over here. The Bible says it, and I know it, but I'm still give. give me the screwdriver, God. I, I look fix this. The problem is they both look just alike. They look the same. The difference is this. Tares have no fruit. They look like Christians. They think they're Christians. They blow in the wind. They wave, you know, amber waves of grain. They do all this. But guess what? You can't eat them. They have no fruit. And as I've taught you, and we've learned this many, 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 many years ago, Orthodox Jewish rabbis call tares bastards. Birth but not father. And the Bible says that On that day, the angels of God will separate the tares from the wheat and burn them. On that day, the angels of God are going to say, Well done, depart from me. Well done, depart from me. It's going to be on that day that it's all going to be exposed. And I believe that day can really happen before that day in the sense that God will come and his angels will come and he will remove tares from among the true wheat. I think that day could happen at any time in anybody's lives. And we've all seen it. We've seen the angels of God take tares and move them. Look, if we're not under and submitted to God's authority, his tutorage, functioning in our place, submitted in love one to another, if we're not learning and training or or receive disciplinary correction, the Bible says you're a bastard. You're a tear. We know that there's three ways to respond to sonship and for God really being our true father. Johnny, God is your father. That's a Maury episode. You ever seen that? When the DNA test comes, God will really be our father or not. Some are going to faint. Some are going to despise it. They're like, that. they're like the older son. They're going to gripe that guy. God's given them everything, and they're still going to whine and complain about what God, God, ain't doing this, and God don't do that, and God don't do that. They still do it. But there's also those that will endure. It is what it is, guys. I'm preaching to me today. I'm telling you that it is what it is, Johnny. And time will tell. And time is the judge of all things. And it, when it happens, what I've got to learn is this. I can't fix them don't matter what I do, what I say, how much money I've given them. I've, uh, it don't matter. John 6, verse 60 through 67, it says, Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, this is what they said. That's too hard for me. This is a hard saying. Who can hear this? This is too hard. I can't tithe. I can't come to church. I can't love my enemies. I can't do this. I can't do that. No, let me tell you what. The truth is, you won't do it. When Yeshua knew it himself... The disciples murmured at it. This is what he said. Does this offend you? What? And if you see the son of man ascend, sin, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the pro- flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. For there are some of you that don't believe not. And he knew, Yeshua knew from the beginning, those who, that believed not and those who bet, should betray him. My brothers said something profound to me years ago. He said many things, but he said one thing to me. He said, Johnny, your problem is you expect people to be uh, committed to the Ecclesia when they're not really even committed to their own wives. I said, ouchie, Joey. I was sharing this with my wife, and this is coming out. We're sitting there. She said, what took you so long to come to this? I don't know because I love people. Listen, when you want it more for people and they want it for themselves, it's a miserable place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He said, I said it to you, no man can come unto me except as given unto him of my father. He says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And said, to Yahshua to the twelve, are you going to go too? Let, let me, listen, only God can do this with your cooperation and my cooperation. He's looking for a standard in the earth. Now this is what I've discovered. That people think that Yahweh's standard is going to change because there's some people that cannot or will not live up to it. There's a lot of things that that we want God to do. It'll never happen because we've stopped loving Him and serving Him with zeal. We've stopped. This is as far as we've gotten. We've limited God. We've limited. I told you about uh, you know guys that come here. Once they get blessed by God, they will stop their tithe at a certain level, which is their mental, their mental and faith level. They'll stop it. They'll stop, they'll stop loving this person. They'll stop giving to that. They'll stop, you know, uh, fulfilling their place in the body. They stop that place, even though God's standard is here. But God's looking for a people who don't care. Let, let me tell you what. I'm not going to stop because somebody else stops. That's how you get to the top. People who aren't willing to pay the price, which is, what is, what is the big price? An exchange, my life for him? I'm pressing on to the mark. And so don't expect me to lower it. Or it's going to be like the disciples. And I've had people tell me this. That, you're a hard man to walk with. That's a too hard of a saying for me. What, to tithe? Honestly? To be honest with God is too hard for you? To come to church and worship God and give who your gift is and, and minister and be who you were born to be and who you're in training to become? There's a guy in our church that he's as educated as anybody I ever met. I mean, how many schools did Daniel graduate from? five schools i'm talking about hard schools but if he did all that and he doesn't become i can't even say the name of what he is it's about that long or if he wants to become whatever he is as a nurse you know some kind of doctor he's a doctor to me he's who i call but you didn't have this training you think he can get a job without that training but yet somehow we think we're going to rule and reign with christ and do this on the earth without the proper training he ain't going to hire you with no experience. This is where we get the experience. Yahweh is going to have a people. Let me tell you right now. And he will have the uninvited ones. There's a, there's a parable in the Bible, you know, where there, there, people were invited to the wedding and they didn't come. So what do he say? Go out in the highways and hedges and get somebody. I'll come. i gotta, I got to tell you the truth. I know that I have money that I have... Isn't all for me. I know God has His money. It's for certain things, but I also know it's for the poor. There, I got money in my pocket that's mine, but it's not mine. It's for the poor. And every time I pass a homeless guy, except that one that's right up there that drives off in a Porsche, I have to say, is that an angel unaware? <laughs> is this a test? Is What is it? And sometimes it's best just to go ahead and give them money so you, you won't have to feel guilty later. You know, here, man, here's 20 bucks. Here, I'm. I feel good about myself. But my point is, You know, we have this thing that we, that we, I have to check it out. Okay, is this what God wants me to do with his money? Because really, what he's asking us to do for him with what we think is our money, he's the one that gave us the money to start with. You know, I know there's some people say, I will work for food, and they won't. But if we were to go out to a real hungry person, a family or whatever, and we invited them to dinner, they would come. Because they're hungry. I'm going to hurt some of your feelings this morning, probably, and I hope I do. I'm not doing any of the warful. Mind, though. Yahweh is going to have a people. And I believe it's a people made up of underdogs. I was am an underdog. And you got to watch out for us underdogs. Let me tell you why? Because we're called and we're anointed. Do you hear me? I know we get be big shots in our own mind, you know, we think we're this and we're better than other people, but the fact is, God is calling the best people for the best job at the present time. But he said, "I'm not going to call many noble or many wise, and not many this and not many that." And even though God may call the foolish or what the people think is foolish, he's actually calling those people that's best for the job. What do we have in common? We're common the world may say we're foolish or you know whatever god says he's calling the foolish i have no doubt about that members of a people you know years ago when a king and i say in england had a son and he was being primed for the throne he would go and live under governors and tutors and they would make him wear high waters how many of you know what high waters are huh huh I didn't have high waters because my mom bought me pants that were so long for me. She would roll them up with cuffs three times and I could wear them for three years. Okay, are we going to get new clothes this year? No, watch this. Boom, they fit. Y'all know what high waters are. You probably don't. This generation don't know what high waters are. They don't know how to appreciate stuff. They never had without, you know, uh, you know they get everything they want and it's not good. I said, it's not good. He's calling the best people. Cause people that the world may look at with distaste or disgust, and I know for a fact that's what he does. That's why I try to rely upon my weakness and who I really am, and try to try instead of trying to come up here and put on some show. Hallelujah, praise God! And and I, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I get pride and and vocabulary and other things and knowledge. I've puffed up myself and all that kind of stuff. But I know what God wants. He wants to use me the way I am but redeemed and delivered. And if you look through the Bible, he's always done that. Look Look at David and Goliath. You think David was the first choice? He was the last choice. But here this guy is that had been in preparation, just another day on the job for him. Goliath was like, he was like, what? He could not even comprehend that somebody was so stupid to defy his God. See, he likes to show that the physical things of this world and the physical appraisals of men are not the standards by which things or people should really be judged. You're who? You're kidding. Understand this spiritual truth. He takes the weak of the world to show his strength of spirituality that only he can bring out. Hey, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Look what I'm going to do with this one. An underdog defies all odds. And sweeps away the prize when nobody's even looking. It's a truth throughout the ages. The tortoise won the race. Hallelujah. I'm not at war because I'm yelling. I'm excited because I'm the Hey, Yay! Hallelujah. I've always been an underdog, man. But I believe that I can beat the odds. Somebody asked me, why don't you retire? Why don't you quit? Why do you even do all that? Are you kidding me? I still believe the, the best of me ain't come up yet. That's what I feel like. Is that arrogance? No. In Christ, God ain't finished with me yet. When he is, you will be coming to church to my funeral. One thing that gets us underdogs going is belief and hard work. And that in order to achieve big, you don't have to be big. When I was a young man, we were married. So I was 22. Before we were married... And this didn't change because I got married. But before we were married, I was preaching in some of the largest churches in America. Now That may not sound big or nothing like that. I knew all the big preachers, mainly in the southeast. I didn't know a whole lot of northern pastors. But who wants to, who wants to meet Yankees? Joking. And I'll never forget, at the time, it was right before. it was. A matter of fact, it was the construction of what was Carpenter's Home Church in Lakeland. It used to be First Assembly in Lakeland, and I, I ministered there on a Sunday night, and I had been offered a position there and some other places that if I mentioned that may be famous that I think God protected me from, but I took a job after I, I met my wife and we got married. I took a job at a little church in Baghdad, Florida. Now, I thought maybe, I said, okay, God, if this is where you want me to go, send me a magic carpet and some curly-toed shoes. Now, this was while the Shah, the Shah of Iran was still in charge before the big uh, kidnapping and all that at the uh, embassy and all that. I went to Carpenter's Home Church, and God spoke something to me about this, and, and maybe it was just me making it up. I don't believe. I think it was a lesson God's trying to, trying to teach me as a young man. And as I was there... You know, those, all the people knew me and all that and they were happy to see me and they clapped when I sang and amen me and hooting and all that. Then I said, look, this is what I found out. And I told them, I, I'm, they want to know where I was at. And I said, I'm a little church in Baghdad, Florida, Milton, Florida, 11 miles east, east of Pensacola. And I said, this is what I found out because I was always wanting to be big time. I'm a big time singer, big time preacher, big time, big time, big time, big time. Big time. I really... Worship big like a lot of church people do. But I've discovered this, that being big time is basically serving a big time God. And i got to tell you, I serve a big time God. And I have a relationship with Him that may be unique from others, but I want to tell you, He corrects me. He hurts my feelings sometimes. Sometimes He don't talk to me, but it's all for my good. My question today is... I have, I'm being reset, and it, he's resetting our house for the next glory that we're going to. And a lot of us have confidence, and we've become comfortable in the way we've been doing it. And I've I got to tell you, you're limiting God in your life. If I continue to try to do what I want to do and not what God's called us to do, then I won't have his presence in my life. And there's nothing to me, nothing, hear me, nothing more important to me than God's presence. And his hand upon me. Today's question is this. Will you be one of us? Are you a part? Met with the men and we consecrated and sanctified and devoted ourselves. Last week or the week before we consecrated and sanctified and devoted ourselves to what? What I'm talking about. Feeling or displaying strong affection and strong attachment. Dedicated. Devoted. The Bible says in chapter 2 of Acts to the apostles teaching. Devoted. To fellowship, devoted to the breaking of bread, and devoted to prayer. Now I know COVID got some people out of a habit, and I think some of us use it as an excuse to not have to do certain things. And I got to tell you, and I've com- I I told y'all that I repented for being an eremite, which is basically a monk. And even though I mean I, I I get discouraged about these people, these dead horses, and I don't. And I got to tell you this. <clears throat> I got to tell you this i failed god in it in this area and i repented to him let me tell you about it the bible says that according to yahweh's divine power he's given unto us all things tell your neighbor all things now, you can limit that and say, well, that ain't doing all things because it ain't worked for me. Well, that don't mean it ain't going to work for me because you're too lazy, and you're not serious about it, and you love the world too much, and you're too lukewarm. That don't mean, if it don't work for him, that don't mean you can't have it. Do you hear what I just said? You can have what God said if you can get over people who doubt and this. I've given you divine power, given us all things that pertain to life and godlikeness. Through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might become partakers of the divine nature and having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Hallelujah. We have a treasure in us. I have something in me that's valuable to you. I can help you. I can give life to you. I can give you immortality. I have a treasure in this earthen vessel. What kind of power is that? I've got the kingdom in me. I have Christ in me. I have a seed in me. Now, I'm saying this about me, but guess what? I'm talking about you. How did we develop this? Well, you've got to tithe. And I used to, I want to be on tithing. Please give, please give. You know, I've been called. People say, you always talk about money. I say, well, you're always spending your life trying to get it. Tithing is the most basic evidence of your faith. You can do nothing that's easier to do than give God a tenth of your money. And if you say you can't do it, I'm telling you, you can. And it has done nothing to be a blessing to people. If I was at the Messiah tribe in Africa that Jonathan is a, do you know that Jonathan is a member of the Messiah tribe? I mean, he has been blood, whatever he did, the covenant. I would preach tithing to him. Next thing we got to do is worship you got to be worshipers. He's seeking for people who will worship him in spirit and truth. What is worship? Yeah, you can do that if you want to. But worship is the act of being, trying to be like somebody. Who you're trying to be like and emulate is who you worship. I don't care how many times you go to church. You walk out that door and you still want to be like this person or this group or that group. That's worship. The Bible doesn't define it except in one Greek word proskuneo, and it's as simple as it means a dog licking his master's hand. That's worship. We got to love and forgive. Unforgiveness is the unforgivable sin. You can do stuff; God forgives you. But if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. Did you know that? I know a lot of people who who live in unforgiveness. He did that to me, and she did that to me. There are some people who won't forgive themselves of being stupid in the past. And I'm stupid, I'm going to have to go. That don't matter, you still have a treasure in you. you got to love. And he shed that love abroad in us. We have that love in us. It is in us. The ability to love even our enemies is in us. And I love the example of impartial love that Yeshua had toward Judas. I would say Judas was his enemy, don't you? Sold him out, 30 pieces of silver. But when Yeshua met with the disciples and said, hey, somebody here is going to betray me. It's Judas, ain't it? He didn't say that. They had no clue because Yeshua had impartial love for his enemy. That kind of love is in you. Do you hear me? You say, I can't do it. That's right. But it is in you. The source of that is in you. It's so nice to be able to love our enemies. We'd sleep better. We wouldn't worry about them, screwing us over. We know God will defend us. Tell you what else is in us. God's in us. and The word God came from the word good. God is good. God is great. God is good. I learned that as a child. And I can testify as a man today. That is a true fact. God is great. And God is good. And he's developing his character in us. So if God's good. We also should be good. And we should do good. Being good. Rewarded evil for good and hatred for love. Psalm 105. That was part of the trial and perfecting of Yahshua's character. And he was made perfect through suffering. When you face betrayal, my wife will tell you this. One of the worst things in me, and I'm just being, I'm confessing my faults today so we can be healed, so I can be healed. And this is no big surprise. One of the things I despise is betrayal. I don't know. I don't know Why? I don't know i could probably trace back on my life and all that but i'm grown man now i can't i can't complain about what happened in my past anymore i have to live for today the fact is you don't have the faith and the grace to deal with your past and you don't have the grace and the faith to deal with your future you only have the grace and the faith to deal with today and you can't put the troubles and the worry of tomorrow and your past on top of what you already got going today. It don't work. It's too heavy. Rewarded evil for good and hatred for love. When I face and we face betrayal, this is what Yahshua said in Matthew 5. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. I got to tell you, I've had some problems with that. I really, you know, and, and and I could call it I love deep, oh I love deep, and that's when I'm betrayed. That's why I hurt so bad. Now the fact is I I got some growing to do. People betray or leave, I take it personal, and I don't think I've been totally Christ-like about it. I get alt in my heart. I don't even want to talk. Don't don't, don't approach me. You go, I, get away from me. And I think I have I have. Uh, <clears throat> justified that attitude because i know i can't have fellowship with them and all that you know i don't want to get into that today we'll talk about it later you know but i'm just telling you but i know that in me i have that christ that seed that kingdom in me and if i develop it then i can i can Love my enemies and bless them that curse me and do good that hate you. I gotta tell you, as and this isn't a pity party because this, I mean, I I read in the Bible what happened to the persecution they had, but you know sometimes I get up and you know I, I get up in the morning to meditate and stuff. I get on Facebook and I study some and I share a word of the day or whatever like that. And sometimes I'll see I'll see somebody put something, you know, and I'm like, war. <laughs> I had a guy, he's real stupid and he's ugly. He's got this key. Oh, excuse me, I've got to turn away. Because it's easy to do that when somebody says something against you. You start justifying, oh, he's an idiot anyhow, that fool was he. You know, I remember what you looked like in high school. You, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm justified. I'm getting ready. Oh, I want, okay. I'm justifying while I'm fixing to kill you. So he said, and the other side of me laughs at it. Because I'm goes, I can be very sarcastic and very sharp with my responses and i was so proud of myself <laughs> he made a statement he he said what are you a member of a 1979 florida cult <laughs> i said uh, there's a few stupid people that think so you ugly stupid it, no no i know you're not listening to me <laughs> what do you think you are because when i was in high school he'd have paid for that talking to me like that because i was a man of war I was in college. I was in Bible college. I didn't put up with that. I'm not proud of it. But I know that what God has put in me is greater than that which is in the world. And I will overcome that too. So I understand. I hate to call it persecution because it's a stupid Facebook post, you know. But hey, another way to develop this is caring for the success of our brothers and not just our own success. God, we are, a, we are a selfish bunch. Me, myself, and I is the holy trinity of most Americans. I mean, I mean, we we going to take care of us, and we feel no responsibility. Recognizes the need and having the desire to gather, and I think I thwarted that, and, and maybe I did it and, and should have or shouldn't have. I don't care about that. But we've been such, it's been such a teaching lecture classroom setting with the teaching that we've done. And we've had to do it sometime. But I think we've neglected the, the, what God also is now going to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get this. The way that we learned what the true gospel was, we're going to learn how to really be members of the family and body of, God, of Christ. And these things I'm talking about not only recognize the need, but having the desire to gather, and the requirement to minister, and we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna learn we're gonna learn that we're gonna we're gonna do it. You'll see. There's a sign we have back there, back there. I think it's on this wall right here. It says, "Man's relationship to Yahweh is always basic to his relationship to his brothers in the ecclesia." You don't, have, you don't have that body ministry then, and, and love the body of Christ, then you don't love Yahshua and you don't love God. It's just the way it is. But see, we have this thing now that we, we have direct access. We can just serve God by ourselves and all that. And that's something in a deep core of us. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat, drink, or right, but, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom is coming, guys. It's a kingdom founded upon the principles of Yahweh and not the principles of men. Thank God. A kingdom that's not of this world. And only a few are going to be admitted to it. I know these guys mean well. And I hear them all the time talking about the great revival in the last days. The Bible says it ain't going to be that way. Only a few Only those who are going to get qualified to reign by the living out of these principles of the kingdom. Now, those few will be the governmental administration of the kingdom of God that's going to rule and reign on the earth then. We're learning how to minister. We're learning how to develop likeness. We're learning how to help people because that's what we're going to be doing on the earth with mortal people. This is the gospel of the kingdom, the main emphasis, the good news declared abundantly and evidently all through the entire Bible. Yeshua speaks of many who's going to come to him in that day seeking a well done, and this is what he's going to say, I never knew you. What I'm attempting to do for my personal sanity is I'm going to quit trying to be God, and you either want it or you don't, and that's what I found out. I've babied people before. And they stayed babies. Oh, it's okay. Goo, 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 gee. And my heart is to help save. And, and my heart is to give me that screwdriver. My heart is to fix you. But this is what he said. The reason that they're rejected on that day. He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. How do you know if people are serious or not? Well, we know that they have fruit. And they're doing what God requires. There's the one right there. That's who you can count on. You know, they ain't loud. They ain't nothing. But there they are. And They're doing their part. They're they doing their job. They show up for work. Here's the great question of the hour. When Yahshua returns, will you have lived your life doing the will of the Father and in harmony with the principles on which the kingdom of heaven will be set up? Will you come to the keyboard for me? I do like that song, you know, the one that you wrote that when Yeshua returns, you have lived your life doing the will of the Father and in harmony with the principles on which the kingdom of heaven will be set. Are you going to get your diploma? Are you going to fail and not get the job? <clears throat> we're resetting here. The change of mind. We're not changing the name. We've even reset so hard we've changed the name before. We're not changing the priesthood. We're not changing the law. <clears throat> what we're changing is focus. I swear to you this morning, I worked as hard as I knew how and could to teach you the true gospel. I labored, I labored hours and hours and hours. I'm not boasting. I've done it so much, I'm addicted to it. I love it. I found out that the more you do something, you love. I loved it. I didn't cut any corner to prepare for you any different than if I was going to go to to. uh Uh, the Omni or whatever big stadium to preach to thousands. I I couldn't have studied any harder to prepare for, go to the biggest church in the world to preach than I did every Sunday for you. I've labored. I'm worthy of my hire. The Bible says I'm worthy of double honor. And I will never stop doing it. But now this reset comes, and men, I'll never forget the day that I said, oh, uh, I'm going to share something with y'all today. Now I'm not, I don't expect y'all to just believe it, but I'm asking you to consider some things. God bless y'all. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to ask you to consider a few things.